Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. There'll be meaning to them later when you read the words earthen vessel in your New Testament. I hope you think back to when you read it right here. And so one thing I hope I just would encourage you guys, because anybody doing the Bible reading, encourage you guys to stay with it, be faithful with it. And just allow, even when you're reading through genealogies and things that seem like, but God, what is this? Ask him. Say, God, show me something in this genealogy. Give me a name. Show me something cool than a name. Show me something. Because every word of God is living and powerful, and there's something in it for you. And sometimes we got to dig a little deeper to get a nugget. Have you ever been reading through the Bible and found a section that confused you? Or maybe you started to read the genealogy of Jesus and skipped over it because you thought it was boring. In today's message, Pastor Bill will encourage you to not skip even when sections of the Bible seem unimportant or boring. In fact, that couldn't be further from the truth. Every part of the Bible is living and powerful. So the next time you open the Word of God, ask Him to reveal something new to you. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Leviticus chapter 14 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, This shall be the law of the leper for the day of his cleansing, he shall be brought to the priest and the priest shall go out of the camp and the priest shall examine him. And indeed, if the leprosy is healed in the leper, then the priest shall command to take for him who is to be cleansed two living clean birds, cedar wood, scarlet and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. I'll come back to this in just a minute. So on a day where someone is going to be pronounced clean, someone that they've been cleansed of their leprosy and they got to go to the priest again to be examined and they're going to be cleansed. I want to point out a few different things. First of all, is the priest is the one that's doing the examination. Um, the priest's job was to examine them. He's going to be the one to declare clean or unclean. Um, we know that we're to be, we get examined too, right? Who examines you and me? The Holy Spirit. He examines you. He checks you out. He knows better than anybody else knows. I said it last week that Hebrew says that all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Hebrews 4.13, that God sees everything. He knows you for what you are. The psalmist said in Psalm 139, 23 and 24, he said, Lord, search me and know my way. Examine me. Look at me. See if there's any wicked way in me and leave me in the way everlasting. Because sometimes we don't even see our own junk, but God will see it. And so sometimes we can be feeling real good and you say, God, show me if there's anything not right. Examine me. And they just be like, boop, 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 boop. Oh, don't show me that much. Just give me one thing at a time. You know, let the Lord examine you. He's holy and he'll examine. He'll reveal the things that are not right. Well, here's the priest's job to examine these individuals. I just wanted to point out it wasn't the community's job to examine. Um, the community could bring someone forth and say, I think this person has something going on. Priest, you might want to check him out. But the priest was the one doing the examination. And God gives some direction here in verse four the priest shall command to take for him who is to be cleansed and i want you to notice these write these things down if you take notes write down these things that he has to collect two birds two living and clean birds cedar wood scarlet hyssop and in verse five and the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water all of these you want to write down they all are symbolic and they mean something the two living and clean birds cedar wood scarlet hyssop, earthen vessel, and running water. So let's go back through these things real quick. You have a, in this little section here, you got you almost have uh, just the components of the gospel message. You're going to see as we read through the chapter, he's got to bring all these things to the priest. You got these two birds. What's going to transpire is 
one of the birds is going to live. One of the birds is going to die. One of these birds is going to be killed. And another bird is going to be dipped in his blood. And, and eventually we're going to see in verse 53, I believe, let free. Um, but you got two birds. And one's going to die and one's going to live. One's going to stop living. One's going to go free. We'll come back to the significance in that. The cedar wood. The wood is, I believe here, just going to be a symbolic of the cross. Jesus died on a cross. I don't know if it was cedar wood or what kind of wood it was. Um, but we have here the cedar wood, then scarlet. There's a thing you can probably find on the Internet. It talks about the scarlet cord that runs throughout Scripture. Scarlet's obviously the color of blood. And we know that we've been cleansed. We've been washed. Our sins have been washed away by the blood of Christ. And then the hyssop. When Jesus was on the cross, he was hanging there and he was thirsty. I thirst. And they put the sour wine and dipped it in the hyssop and they offered it up to him. Um, offered him these things while he was on the cross. And then it says the priest shall come down, um, command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel. Interesting way that he's going to be killed and it's going to be in an earthen vessel. They're going to kill this one bird. And um, I just was thinking of 2 Corinthians 4, 7. It says that we have this treasure, um, this gospel church. We have it in earthen vessels and that our Savior, our God, left heaven and he came down to earth in an, in an earthen vessel. He put on flesh. He put on skin. He put on humanity that he might come down and die for you and die for me. And then over running water, what is water symbolic of in scripture? Two things. Holy Spirit, the washing of water by the word. So um, it's symbolic of the work of the Holy Spirit that gushes torrents of living water. It's also symbolic of the word of God. You know, you got Psalm 1. You have the man who's planted by the trees of water who brings forth his fruit in his season. He's planted in a place where the water just constantly going by. There's constant nutrients that he might grow, the blessed man. And so in, in all these things, they mean running water. Now, I just thought I've never heard of anything being killed like that. They're going to kill it. Under in an earthen vessel uh, over some running water. Look at verse six. As for the living bird, he shall take it, the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. So the one bird is killed. His little blood is there in the water. It's kind of gruesome. You take a little bitty cute bird and you get killed it and his blood's in, running down the water. And you take this clean bird and you dip him. In the blood, you dip him in, in all the blood and everything from the living bird or the dead bird and under the water. Verse seven says, and he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed from the leprosy and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. I just want to point this out before I go any further. I don't want to, as I read through this and I'm thinking, okay, why would, why all this? How come, how come God didn't just say, when you get ready to get cleansed of leprosy, go on down to the priest. Let him check you out. When you're pronounced clean, go on and say hallelujah and go on home. How come all these little details? And I want you to just understand this. The Bible says in the volume of the book, it is written about me. And all throughout scripture, God gives you little hints and pictures and types and all these little things that point to him. And so here in a scenario where a leper is going to be cleansed, someone that cannot be cleansed any other way. We have all the elements of salvation. We got the wood, the cross, the scarlet, the blood. We have the, we got the two. One's going to die, one's going to go free. Who died? Jesus died. Who goes free? You and me. We have those, all these little pieces and elements. We got the living water. We got the earthen vessels. And as I look at all these things, that they, I, just, I know they're not just for nothing. I know that God could have just said, bam, it's done. But he said, no, I want you to do all these little details, all these little things, all these little pictures. These things will make sense later. There'll be meaning to them later when you read the words earthen vessel in your New Testament. I hope you think back to when you read it right here. And so one thing I hope I just would encourage you guys, because anybody doing the Bible reading, 
encourage you guys to stay with it. Be faithful with it. And just allow, even when you're reading through genealogies and things that seem like, my God, what is this? Ask him. Say, God, show me something in this genealogy. Give me a name. Show me something cool in a name. Show me something. Because every word of God is living and powerful and there's something in it for you. And sometimes we got to dig a little deeper to get a nugget. And so, but as I read through this again, I just see all these little pictures and types and things that God was doing for the future. But back to the story here, we have a man that's a leper that's, he's getting ready to be pronounced clean. This is a celebratory day. This man is excited. I want to just bring us to where he would have been in life. Imagine that we were living in this time and you were the one contracted leprosy. How, how did you get the leprosy to begin with? We don't know. All the ways you can get it, being around somebody else that has it, being around somebody else's stuff that had it. Um, somehow you contracted leprosy. Think with me. Think about it throughout scripture. There are a few different times where God struck people with leprosy for doing wrong. It was a consequence of sin. If you guys remember when Miriam was talking bad about Moses because he had married the Ethiopian girl. I don't know if you guys remember that story, but Moses married a little Ethiopian. He found him a little chocolate honey and he married her. And it says Miriam was talking about him. She was basically talking about God's appointed leadership behind his back and God heard it. And God struck her with leprosy. And that was her punishment, leprosy. Bet you won't do that again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you won't do that. You know, so, uh, you know, when Moses went up on the mountain, God said, take out your hand. And, it, you know, he took it out and it was white with leprosy and put it back in. And it was cleansed. Um, you know, God was making a point there. God was showing him something there. There are other instances in scripture where people were struck with it. In the story here, we're looking at someone that's got the blessing of being cleansed from it. And um, we don't know how they would have caught it, how they contracted it, but they got it. It's brought separation. They're not with their families. They have to be with other lepers. They got to be with people just like them. They know that there's a death sentence on their life. They know they're going to die a yucky, nasty, ugh kind of death. And that's how they're living. So imagine the joy, the elation of finding out I've been clean. I got a clean bill. I'm cleansing my leprosy. I get to go home to my wife. I get to go see my kids. I get to go back into worship. I get to go back and be around regular people. I'm not going to rot to death and die. Imagine the joy and the elation being the guy or the girl that's getting to go back. And so what does the Bible tell us about one sinner that repents? It said all of heaven rejoices that it should be a celebratory thing. And so now look at verse eight with me. It says he was to be cleansed, shall wash his clothes, shave off all his hair and wash himself in water that he may be clean. After that, he shall come into the camp and shall stay outside the tent seven days. But on the seventh day, he shall shave all his hair off his head and his beard and his eyebrows. All his hair he shall shave off. He shall wash his clothes and wash his body in water and he shall be clean. And so what the guy had to do once he was pronounced clean, he had to go through a major shaving. Um, now, in the Middle East, in this culture, no, men didn't shave, by the way. Um, I don't even know if the women shaved back here, but I know for sure that the men didn't. And so the normal man here had big hair and he had a beard and you didn't do stuff like men do today. They weren't shaving their arms off and such. I mean, men had hair. And so for this guy to come out and have to shave it all off, all your head, all your arms, all everything off, your eyebrows to shave it off, um, anybody would see him would know that, whoa, but you've been through something, you know, like, you know, it would be evident when you saw him that something major had transpired. This is the cool thing, though. Why did God do that? Because now, once you shave everything off, because God, all oh, you've been washed, you've been clean, the leprosy is gone, you shaved everything off. What's going to happen after a few days, after you shave everything off? You're going to start growing, new growth. 
And be some new naps on his head, some new hair, everything. Everything going to come out now is going to be brand new and it's not going to have leprosy in it. It's going to be brand new. It's going to be clean. It's going to be fresh. Write down 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And it's one of the beautiful verses about the new life. And when we come into relationship with Jesus and we're born again, it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Everything's new. And I just want to point this out. When someone gets saved, doesn't matter what they were prior. They could have been a murderer, a dope addict, a, a liar, a cheater, a, you name it. They could have been it. And when they come to this juncture right here where they say, I, mean, I met Jesus. I'm, my sins are forgiven. I'm born again. Now, in the human realm, everybody may remember this guy right here. But from God's perspective... It's a brand new person, new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That guy's got a brand new bill. He's got a clean slate. He's right with God for the first time in his existence. And God receives him as such. God's not looking at his past. It's washed away. Old is gone. Everything's become new. I think as believers, we have to practice. We have to give that to people. You know, somebody come to Christ and it's like, well, last week you were smoking dope. I don't even know yet. I'm going to wait a while. You know, I'm going you know, to see if you really, you know, saved or whatever. And I understand, you know, I mean, before you loan them some money or something, you might have to do that. But, you know, I think when people get saved and someone have an, uh, an encounter with the living God, I need to celebrate that. All right. Bible says that you're a new creation. The old things to pass away. I give you a clean slate. Let's walk in newness. This is the cool thing we're going to see in the chapter. Right. The priest does it many, many times where he says, all right, I'm going to have I'm going to examine you for a period of time. Seven days. Come back. I'm going to check you out again. I'm not sure. Seven more days. Go back. And you would see that the priest would take his time examining the person because pronouncing them clean or unclean was it was a big deal. If you dirty and I pronounce you clean on accident, I'm going to contaminate the people of God. I can't be guilty of that. If you are clean, I pronounce you unclean. You're going to be unclean after you go be with them anyway. Um, and it's kind of a big deal, a weighty thing that was put on the priest. So he was very careful and he took his time and it wasn't a rush. And I would just point that out. Some Christians are very quick, very much in a rush to judge and to tell people what they are. You know, we got to be careful about that. You know, that it's not a joy to that. It wouldn't be some joy to us to pronounce uncleanness on someone or to spy out some imperfection, some uncleanness that, you know, the priest gave examination and consideration and he gave time. And sometimes that's what's needed. You know, there are people that maybe come out of something and they're saying, oh, I made a commitment. You did. All right. Praise the Lord. Let's watch it for a while. Let's watch you walk this out. Let's examine you for a while. We're celebrating while we just examine. Let's walk it out. Let's see how you do. Oh, you're doing good. Oh, there's good fruit. New things are happening. You got new desires. You're moving in a new direction. And we'll just continue to celebrate your newness. But we also may say we celebrate. We're going to examine. And you might examine and say, you stole my thing again. You're still doing the old stuff. I'm missing money again. You know, you know, so, you know, we examine and consider it. But I do think it's important for us as believers to be. I need to be glad for someone else's forgiveness. I need to be blessed for someone else's salvation. I need to be hoping on that end that I hope it is true. I hope you did mean it. I hope you do walk with the Lord from now on. And so, again, the priest took his time. This guy to shave everything off. He was going to look like a new creation. Look at verse 10. It says, and on the eighth day, he shall take two male lambs without blemish, one ewe lamb and of the first year without blemish, 
Three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering and one log of oil. So, first of all, anybody know what's significant about the eighth day? Seven days it took God to create everything. I know six days to create everything. Seven days he rested. What does that eighth day represent? New beginnings. Brand new. It's a whole new revolution, a whole new start. So, uh, their churches with that name, New Beginnings. That's the eighth day. Day represents a new beginning. And so interesting that on the eighth day, this person is getting a new beginning. On the eighth day, he's getting his new beginning sacrifice because now you get to participate in sacrificial process again. You've been pronounced clean. You get to come back into the system. You get to go and offer sacrifice to the Lord. It was a privilege to get to offer to the Lord. He didn't have this privilege a week ago. He didn't have privilege to come before the Lord and worship like this a week or two ago. But right now he's pronounced clean. He's got opportunity to come and give worship. And God said, what you need to do, first thing you need to do is give glory to God. Come, I'm going to tell you what to offer. I'm going to tell you what to bring. We're going to see this, that God's very specific about what to bring. And God makes provision in the law for broke folk. Um, so everybody couldn't afford two lambs and a you lamb. And so God said, okay, that's fine. I, that's, you're going to bring something, though. Everybody was going to come and bring something. They were going to offer something in worship. And so he made a provision for those that didn't have very much as we keep reading. We'll see it. Look at verse 11. We're going to read down for a chunk here. It says, then the priest who made him clean, um, who makes him clean, shall present the man who is to be made clean and those things before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And the priest shall take one male lamb and offer it as a trespass offering and the log of oil and wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. So three things. One. It says the priest who makes him clean. Um, he's the one pronouncing it. He's the one doing it. Well, we have a high priest who makes us clean. His name is Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus, our high priest, lives to make intercession for you and me. Day and night. Every time you jack up. Every time Satan is accusing you and hurling accusations. Jesus Christ is there living. Your defense attorney living to make intercession for you. Just to, that, no, you're clean. No, he's mine. No, he's not guilty. No, he's forgiven. Living to make intercession. Living to keep you in a right relationship with the Father. That's what Jesus is doing on your behalf and on my behalf. And so the offering is brought. The first thing is uh, the trespass offering. Uh, what's a trespass offering? This is what a trespass is, first of all. So there are different types of sins. There's a sin of omission, a sin of commission, sin of not doing what I'm supposed to do, sin of doing what I'm not supposed to do. Um, there are sins where I, I kind of didn't know that I was doing the wrong thing, but I did the wrong thing. Well, a trespass is when you very clearly understood you weren't supposed to do something. The line was drawn very clearly. It said, don't go past this line. And you were like, watch this. And you just went over the line. That's a trespass. Everybody here has done it. Everybody here has sinned on purpose. That's a trespass. Think about the last time that you knew that you shouldn't do what you were getting ready to do and you, went, you got ready and you did it anyway. That's trespass. You sinned on purpose. You can't be like, oh, I didn't know. Oh, Lord, you just on purpose. God, I just bold-faced, stepped over the line, and I did that. That's trespass. And so here he's bringing a trespass offering. Um, New Testament folks, what do you do about your trespasses? The Bible says in James. Um, it says to confess your trespass, James 5, 17, 16 or 17. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. I think the reason that it says, we obviously confess our sins to God to be forgiven, 1 John 1, 9. But I think the reason James says to confess your trespasses to one another, this is why I believe that. One, when you're a Christian and you're stepping over the line on purpose, uh, many times it's because you're in bondage. It's something that 
I know I shouldn't do it. I don't want to do it, but I, I keep doing it. Gee, you're in bondage. Probably when many times when people are in bondage, it's because it's sin that they're keeping a secret. They're keeping it in the dark. God said, what you do, you take that dark thing and you bring it into the light. You confess it to me for forgiveness, but you can confess it to a brother or sister. You're going to bring that dark thing into light. You're going to make yourself accountable. Confess it to one another and then have them pray for you. And it says the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. So that's what New Testament says we do with a trespass here. You make a trespass offering. And so the trespass offering has been brought. Verse 13. Then he shall kill the lamb in the place where he kills the sin offering and the burnt offering in the holy place. For as the sin offering is the priest, so is the trespass offering it is most holy. Um, I didn't mention the wave offering um, after the trespass and they take it and they wave it before the Lord. The priests get to eat some of that. Um, one of the guys I read on this said it was interesting. The wave offering is from, you know, I wondered like how do they wave? The wave offering was like from heart to heart. The idea of it was just an intimacy, a heart to heart with the Lord, with the wave offering. I thought that was interesting. I had never really, uh, I had never heard before there were the different offerings were presented in different ways. So thought that was interesting. But it says now he kills the lamb in the place where he killed the sin offering and the burnt offering in the holy place. For as the sin offering is the priest, so is the trespass offering. It is most holy. Verse 14, the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and the priest shall put it on the tip of the right ear of him who was to be cleansed on the thumb of the right hand. And on the big toe of the right foot. You might want to mark that in your Bibles. Interesting because this little anointing procedure here, who else had to go through that process? Who else, when they were being anointed, had these three areas? They were anointed in these three areas. You might remember? The priest. So it's interesting that the person being cleansed of their leprosy is, in some respects, receiving the same instruction given to the priest. It says, you're going to take some of this blood and you're going to put some of it on the tip of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed on the thumb of the right hand and on the big toe of the right foot. And this is what I would suggest. Um, you have someone who is coming into a different life. Um, previously, I was a leper. I hung out with other people that were dying. I went with other people that were dying. Um, his whole life was different and now he's coming to this new place. And I would just challenge you to consider this, that you get someone that haven't been walking with the Lord. Well, I guarantee you that they've been walking with people that are dying. They've been going to places where death happens. They've probably been listening to death. And what they've been doing with their hands are probably things that are going to bring forth death. And so as you come into newness, God says, I want all that back. I want you to hear different. I want you to do different. I want you to go different places. So these guys who have previously been lepers, again, they couldn't go where they're going to go now. They could only go where dead people go. And it would be very, you know, be well advised that you don't find yourself back down where the lepers are trying to say what's up to your old homies. It's over. Consider this. Consider the guy that gets cleansed of his leprosy, spent 10 years as a leper. I got 10, I, I was, we were friends for 10 years with that colony of lepers right there, but now I'm clean. Does he get to go back and kick it? No, not if you want to stay clean, but I've known them for 10 years. Well, if you want to stay clean, what does he have to do? I love y'all at a distance. People have a hard time with that. Christians give their life to the Lord, get going good with the Lord. And you got some friends from way back that still belong to the devil. And every time you hang out with them, you fall in. Every time you go be with them, death happens and you can't break away. Break away. If you're going to enjoy life in Christ, you got to let that go. 
new life. And so again, the three areas, the tip of the right ear, I just challenge any of us that are believers and are walking in newness of life that we be cautious what we hear. It does matter what we take in, right? Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Just hearing the word of God causes me to grow in my faith. It's supernatural. You've been listening to another edition of A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Thanks for tuning in. The book of Leviticus is full of relevant content that can still be applied to us today. Yes, even the Old Testament book that seems to just be full of rules and regulations. It's full of the grace of God. No matter how many times the Israelites seem to misunderstand or misjudge God, He still forgave them. He still gave them chance after chance and gave them what they needed. How many times in your life can you see that God has done the same for you? He gives grace even when we make mistakes. He gives grace even when we don't deserve it. He gives us chance after chance after chance. There is no one else like Him. If you're struggling with your own mistakes and are having a hard time accepting the grace of God, we'd love to connect and pray for you. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that number is 310-245-4811. And if you're ever in the Inglewood area, we want to meet you in person. Our service times are on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you're unable to visit in person, we stream our services online too. For more information, such as directions and links to media pages, just visit CalvaryInglewood.org. Again, that website was CalvaryInglewood.org. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Leviticus, and you won't want to miss it. Learn more next time right here on A Transforming Word.